it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Well, Ian, I have to say, um, you know, the easy joke here is that the Denver Broncos got beat so bad by the Kansas City Chiefs that the the cardboard cutout started leaving in the third quarter. But the truth is, that was that was pure comedy that whole game. And uh, you stick around for something that's that funny. I mean, that was comedy genius. It was comedy gold. Uh, just the look on Melvin Gordon's face in the slow mo of his pitch on the flea flicker, which I you know didn't know it was 1978, but here we go. That slow motion shot of him pitching the ball and and then realizing as he was pitching it that he didn't know how to pitch a football. He had no idea. In the middle of the play, he went, I don't know what I'm doing, and then proved it. And here we are. It was comedy gold. It was it was the biggest joke in the entire National Football League. And I was the coach from Letterkenny. I am the I am the head coach of the Letterkenny Irish throughout most of this game because it was embarrassing. For those who don't know, Letterkenny is a show on Hulu, and it's based on a Canadian town where the host or the the guy who created the show and who who plays the lead character Wayne. It's based on his hometown in Canada, and it is it's hilarious. So, 
Texas size 10 4, good buddy. Yeah, figure it out. That def- they need to definitely figure it out. Exactly. Because I at, at some point they're going to have to start putting cardboard uh, paper, or they're going to have to put paper bags on the cardboard cutouts. All those South Park characters should have had paper bags on their heads. You wouldn't have known they were South Park characters at that point, but it is. That may, maybe that's the coolest thing that happened in the game is that the South Park guys paid to have the characters from their show in cardboard cutout form at the game because that's that was the only thing that was enjoyable from it. There there really wasn't. It was yeah, to say it again. It was embarrassing. Defensively, the the Broncos defense showed up and played out. When you hold Patrick Mahomes to two hundred yards passing and you hold that high powered. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs offense to 0 for 8 on third down. You played incredibly well. And I, I, that's the only reason that they didn't have 60 or 70 points dropped on them. Because I, I, I will go, I will stand up for this defense and the way that they played. They played incredibly well. They, they deserve a mile high salute because. The other two aspects of this team, as I said in my winners and losers, completely poop themselves. Yeah, run like running down their leg, runny poo. It was bad. It was real bad. Again, I just go back to the look on Melvin Gordon's face as he failed to make that pitch was the look on their face the whole game. They just looked bad. And you brought it up before we started recording, and it was a, an Andrew Mason tweet. So Mace tweeted this out. But I, I think it's something that we should definitely hit on here. When we talk about the Denver Broncos and are they closing the gap, we mentioned it in our pregame show that we thought that coming out of this game, we would feel good about where the Broncos were. We didn't predict a win, neither one of us, so we got that right. Look at us. But we did think it would be closer. And at, at the end of the day, I think I'm, I'm going to look at my score prediction here because I'm curious about something. Uh, yeah, I was way off. Um the, they, yeah, lost so was by, I. Yeah, they lost by 27 points and mace's tweet i'll just read it to you because i have it up here it says in the first seven games of the broncos nine game losing streak which is now 10 against the chiefs denver's average margin of defeat was 9.4 points that's good research there mace i appreciate that the last three games lost by 24 lost by 20 and then they lost today in this game against the chiefs by 27 uh they're they're moonwalking on this one they're not they're not getting any closer to the Chiefs at all, at least not offensively, and that's or special teams. Or or well, they're you mean teams. They ain't nothing yes. Nothing special about them. It's just teams. And they they are. They're moonwalking. They're going backwards. And that is that's where that's where the frustration kicks in. But it feels like it's a mental block with the Chiefs more than anything else with any other team. They've been in every game. Every game this season, they've been in the game. But then the Chiefs show up on a snowy, cold day in Colorado, and like you said, runny brown poo down their leg. Just worthless. And before we get started into how concerning it is, if there's panic or whatnot, Tom McMahon needs to be fired. He should have been fired before this season started. How he has this kind of job security for this kind of job performance is maddening. That's the one thing out of all of this that is getting me more worked up is just the thought 
that Tom McMahon is still employed by the Denver Broncos. You could pull someone off the street who has never coached football and would do a better job than Tom McMahon. If Vic Fangio does not fire Tom McMahon this week, that is an abject failure on his part. I, I have, we have nothing else. That was, that was perfect. That was, that was great. That was, that was a, a very old school moment there where you, uh, you went on a rant and then you blacked out and you didn't really know what happened, but you won the debate on that. There was no, we have no response as James Carville would say, we have no response. That was perfect. So you're, you're and you're not wrong. Come on. It's been, it's been too long. If, if I was as bad at my job as he is at his job, not only would I have been fired, I probably would have been arrested. I mean, that's just it's because it's criminal what he's doing as the special teams coach for the Denver Broncos. Criminal. Someone needs to arrest him. Isn't it John? Shouldn't John Elway fire him? Uh, you, you mentioned Vic Fangio. John Elway's sitting there on his hands too. Pull the trigger, John. Fire the Joe man. Ellis. Joe Ellis should Somebody. fire him. Who's in charge? I mean, as the as the de facto owner, if he really did follow Pat Bullen's lead, how is this kind of failure okay in your organization? At no point has Tom McMahon shown that he is capable of being a coordinator in the National Football League. I'll go a step further than you. I not only would be fired or arrested, I would be told to never do what you are doing now ever again. I would get a black flag on my resume and on my job career if I was as horrible at my job as Tom McMahon is as his. Yet he is somehow still employed by the Denver Broncos. He's got he's got pictures of somebody somewhere. That's all. It's the only thing I can think. Dude's got pictures. I and what else? Or video or an audio recording of somebody saying something. He's got he's got leverage. That's, that's he doesn't know how to use leverage on the field, but he's got leverage to keep his job. That's the only thing I can think. That's all I've got. That being said. <laughs> We should probably talk about the game a little bit. In terms of that that gap that we thought that the Broncos were going to have the chance to, to shorten up, is it really that wide or is it more that like of what Garrett Bowles and Justin Simmons said after this game? Garrett Bowles on what separates the Broncos from the Chiefs. I think we're neck and neck, but that's just me personally. I don't think there's anything that makes them more spectacular than us. Justin Simmons, when asked if the Chiefs are just that much better than Denver, no. I mean, no. So is is there where where is where is the where's the level of concern with not not the Broncos in general, but just obviously the threshold is the Chiefs. They are the kings of the AFC West. They're the kings of the AFC. And until Green Bay or New Orleans or uh, Green Bay or Seattle beats Kansas City in the Super Bowl, because I have no doubt Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl because they own the Ravens. The Ravens just don't match up with Kansas City. So unless Seattle or Green Bay beats Kansas City, they're going to win another Super Bowl. Where is the gap now between Denver and Kansas City? And is it as wide as a lot of people think, or is it what Garrett Bowles and Justin Simmons seem to think? 
have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Because that's that's a more apt uh, comparison than uh, <laughs> than neck and neck. Whose neck? Which neck? The the uh, is it Peyton Manning's neck? Yeah. Is it is it is it Garrett Bowles' neck? Because that's a pretty big neck. I I, I don't. I no the, the I I. It's as if they were standing next to the Chiefs, but to get to the Chiefs, they had to walk in the opposite direction around the world to get back to them. That's how far away they are at this point. And you know, you talk about the defense and how well they played, and they did play well. They played very well, and they still gave up. Let me check my numbers again. That's right, 43 points. And I know there's a special teams kick return for a touchdown. You've got a pick six in there. But they still gave up a ton of points, even even with those touchdowns. And the turnover ratio, obviously the Broncos lost the turnover battle. It was was bad all around on offense, and that hinders what the defense can do. And, And you're right. The defense played well. But what have we learned over the course of the last few years with the Kansas City Chiefs? you're not going to stop them for an entire game. So you have to be able to keep up. And this Broncos offense, it's it's like they're it's like they're crawling through the mud while the the Kansas City Chiefs are flying a jet overhead. It's that is the difference in pace and ability. That's that's just all there is to it. So no, they're not closing any gap. They're the they're they are the gap is widening. The gap is widening, as is evidenced by the tweet from from Mace and just the basic, just look at what's going on. And we could get into the discussion about, is it is it because of the quarterback? Is it because of the play calling? Is it because of uh, how bad the, the, the offensive line has been? I Look, it's all of it. It's it's all of it. It's it's a, a puzzle that when it's put together, just looks like a big pile of, of dung. It's Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park standing next to tri- uh, Triceratops poo. That's what it is. So, yeah, it's bad. And the gap is not any closer. And we thought it was. We were, we were, do you remember how good we felt like five days ago? It was amazing. I want to go back. In terms of the play calling, I wouldn't necessarily say play calling, but it's the formations that Pat Shermer is using. And Jeff Legwald mentioned this. He said, I'll just leave it here and continue on with your day. In the first half, the Broncos rushed for 92 yards in two tight ends or three tight ends, which is and now this is the common formation that Pat Shermer runs for whatever reason. In three wide receiver sets, the Broncos lost a fumble, had an interception return for a touchdown, had two sacks, and one intentional grounding. That's someone who is so hell-bent on running three three wide receivers that it's costing his team. Because obviously the key formation for the Broncos when they have success is two or three tight ends. As a coach, your job is to put your team or your specific area that you coach in a situation to have success. When you see those numbers, that should tell the specific coach, I need to run two tight ends or three tight ends and stop this three wide receiver nonsense. What have, what have we always talked about with coaches? I'll go all the way back to when Kubiak was the coach, when Koobs was in Denver, what was the problem with Kubiak? It was that he could not adjust his own scheme to the talent level that he had. And it is one of the things that 
makes you a successful coach in the NFL, the stubbornness of of saying this is what we're going to do and and I know it's going to work. But you have to find that balance. You have to find the ability to say this is the talent level, this is what we're good at, and my job is to put us in a position to win games. And so my job isn't to force us to run these three wide receiver sets because I like them and I think we're going to do well. My job is to run three, two or three tight ends and run the ball down Kansas City's throat because that's what's going to make us successful and get us the win. Because you play to win the games. That's why well, you Herm play. Edwards, yeah, shout know. out. Well, you know, Herm, Herm's, Herm's good for a good line every now and then, you know, a, a, a plan with, a, or a, what is it? A goal without a plan is just a wish. That's another great one by uh, Herm. And I got to tell you, it looks like the Broncos are just wishing half the time on offense right now because they don't really have a plan. And again, that goes back to identity too. What is the Broncos identity on offense? I didn't see a true identity out there except for when Philip Lindsay was on the field and they were running the ball really well, that was their identity. And they, and, and Lindsay got injured. So he goes shot by Sorensen on a cheap shot, of course. So, I think I think they do have an identity. It's just a matter of Shermer getting over his identity crisis and accepting what this team can do, and then putting the team in a position, like you said, to be successful. Putting them in a position to win games, because they actually, if you think about it, they could have made this a lot closer if they didn't try and do so many things that they didn't need to do. I just keep picturing Melvin Gordon's face on that that pitch on the flea flicker. That's the thing that just runs through my head this whole time. The thing that I would like is to have a team of 22 people who had the heart and soul and character of Philip Lindsay. If you had guys who played like him on every set of downs, it may not increase the likelihood that you succeed on Sunday, but you're going to have a team that doesn't give up and you're going to have an offense that continues to fight. And for the life of me, how is Sorensen not ejected for that hit? Because he lowered his head and was targeting that's something that should be looked at by the NFL. Yeah, and, and, and they it, probably it, will. And I hope they do. Um, but, I, I mean, the flea flicker. Is this 1970? I mean, are we watching Johnny Unitas when they get on the other side of the uh, – when they get to the opponent's uh, side of the field on the other side of the 50 and he, he throws the ball deep? But – I mean, the thing that keeps running through my head, you had the the Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. If ifs and if if it's if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Yeah. No, there's not gonna be Don a Merry Meredith. Christmas. There's not gonna be a Merry Christmas in Denver. That's all Don say. Meredith, Monday night football. That's right. Dandy it's Don. Just, it, the Broncos as I mean, you you summed it up perfectly. What we saw on Sunday is a team that's good at football and another that's not. And that's, I mean, that's the way it is right now. And they may be the maddening team that continues to fight and win five or seven games and you pick 13th to, to 16th in the draft, which doesn't really allow you to do anything or pick any players that can drastically influence your team. And it's going to be in this situation for however many years. And I maybe 84 years, maybe who knows? It, it might as well be. It's felt like 84 years, the last five. So it's been rough. 
You asked the question though before we started recording, and I think it is a, a it's a valid question to ask after a game that I that had us very frustrated. I will tell you, I've I've come down. I'm no longer kicking trash cans, so there's there's that. But I'm still pissed that Tom McMahon has not been well, fired. That's yet. a whole that's a that is a whole other level of anger that I think is legitimate and and something that that has to be rectified and probably won't be. But you you asked the question, and I, I will ask you the question because you asked me, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. You asked about where are you in, in panic mode at this point after watching watching that game and having sat through the 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 entire length of the season to this point. Where are you on panic? Are you you know slamming def? Are we going DefCon three or DefCon five or whatever? Is, is I mean, are we blowing it all up or or is there? Like we said before, light at the end of the tunnel. That apparently was the train I mentioned uh, in the last podcast. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Apparently, I was didn't realize we were in a tunnel. Dang it! Uh, but where are you on that? I, I don't think it's time to panic just yet. I, I think we had bought the mirage, I, and I think some in Broncos country are kind of like that thirst quenched traveler through the desert where it's been so long since we have seen a team that can compete and win games, let alone an offense that can move the ball and score, that we wanted to think that what happened against New England was going to be able to happen against the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's not to say that it can't. There is still, what, they're they're two and four. They're, they've got 10 games left or so. Yeah, they've got 10 games left in the season. I don't think it's time to panic, but I think it's time to realize that it's going to take some time. We were all hopeful that Drew Locke and the Broncos were going to be able to come into this season and compete for the playoffs, and perhaps they still can because they were close against Tennessee. They were close against Pittsburgh. Both of those teams are combined, what, six and and one? 10, 11, and 1, something, something like, like that. that yeah. So they're they're two very good teams, and they were in it to win it. They had the ability to win both of those games. Obviously, the Chiefs is a different, is a different tale, and I think there's going to be moments where there's going to – where this is going to happen. And I, I think the thing that's most frustrating is not necessarily the – it's not the fact that the Broncos lost. It's the fact that they were embarrassed. They were flogged. That just shows, as we've said from the top, that the, the gap is really still the size of the Grand Canyon. And it, there, as I said in my winners and losers, there's really no evidence that it's going to shorten or change anytime soon. So that's, that's where it's frustrating. Panic mode, I don't think that we're there yet because we knew there were going to be struggles. This was going to be a, a team, especially with the injuries to Von Miller and Cortland Sutton, that it was going to be a struggle. But it's the fact that they were embarrassed. I mean, figure it out. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.